What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the 15th episode of the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Simon Villanos. And I'm your other co-host, Cody Stoffer. And today we're going to continue our Colorado Playmakers series, starting with the defensive linemen. And so just to clear this up before we get in there, we decided to just go entire D-line. So that means uh, defensive tackles, DNs, and whatnot. And then for the most part, at least how at least this is how I differentiated it. But if they put their hand in the ground so they weren't in a uh, two point stance, wait. Yeah, so if they weren't in a or sorry, if they weren't in a three point stance at least and they were in a two point stance, then we kinda considered them more of like linebackers. But if they were predominantly in that three point stance or they had a hand in the ground in some way, then they're considered D linemen. So just had to throw this out there and so we'll be doing linebackers inside and out together just as well when we get to that but today we got some uh we got some ballers in my opinion i think pretty much everyone on this list is a d1 guy cody you could think as i I mean what do you think before we go in cody do you think everyone on this list is basically a d1 guy or could be one i think that they all could be one some of them are the some of them are really close is what i'll say okay. um near the bottom of the list but can definitely get there for sure and so there's a lot of talent at this position which um not gonna lie i found it a little surprising and so we did have to leave off a handful of people and so we'll get to those honorable mentions near the end here but let's start at the bottom of that list like cody was talking about and so at number five we got zane hood the 6'2", 260-pound defensive lineman from Bryden High School. And so, Cody, do you want to start off with the positives with Zane Hood here? All right, yeah. So Zane Hood, some positives that I saw from Zane Hood. First off, I mean, you know, uh, during all of these defensive lineman breakdowns, I feel like size is going to have to be a word that's said at least once. So I just wanted to headline that first. And Zane is one of the bigger ones uh, weight-wise in the state of Colorado, so that doesn't hurt him. But as far as strengths from a fundamental football standpoint, I think that Zane has an incredibly fast first step. He beats tackles across their face all the time, which is saying something as one of the heavier defensive linemen on this list. I mean, he just goes right across their face so often, and and that's such an easy way for him to win. It's just that such an explosive first step out of his three-point stance. Secondly, I also think that Zane Hood, I I don't know if it was just like the highlight reels that were put together by these players, but not a lot of them showed their reactions to chop blocks, but Zane Hood did. And I was really grateful for that because he had, he showed great balance reacting to attempted chop blocks and was able to move around them and make plays across the field right in front of him. So he has great pursuit angles when you know while also interacting and balancing the offensive lineman engaging with him chop block wise or pull wise and then i just wanted to add on he he's hard to move he's really sturdy and this is another testament to his center of balance i think is just there's double teams that don't move him from where he's standing and it's pretty funny to watch honestly um (laughs) that Whenever like a guard and tackle try and push him or like a tackle and a running back, those are especially funny or a fullback, I guess, try to lead block against him. And he just doesn't move before they just fall over and he makes the play. So overall, I'd say 
incredibly fast first step and you know his center of balance is really impressive and you know that that'll be good to uh and, and i think that from that center of balance he can develop a lot more so those were the biggest strengths i noticed from zane hood simon what were the biggest strengths you noticed from zane hood yeah so a lot of the same stuff to be honest um First things first, just to throw this out there, I feel like I do this a lot, um, but I, I got to just in case, you know, we got some first time listeners, but I am a defensive guy. I know my defensive players really well. I I mostly played on the defensive side of the ball. I played most of the positions. And so uh, D line is one that I know pretty well slash edge. And so this is kind of like, I guess, my expertise, if any. So there you go. But with Zane Hood, uh, you already mentioned it, his size. Um, it's, it's good. You know, he has a really good frame. I, he doesn't have a lot more growing that he has to do in his frame. I would say 6'2", 260. That's a very solid weight and height for, um, for a teenager, basically going into his freshman year of college. I like that a lot. I could live with that, to be honest. And so that, and that, that shows in this film, like you said, Cody, now he's just a very sturdy guy. He doesn't get blown off the ball a lot, uh, I would say. I think he gets – I mean, I don't know. Like, well, actually, we'll get to that later. But, yeah, he doesn't get blown off the ball a lot. He doesn't lose a ton of ground. He's a sturdy guy with good balance, so there you go. Um, the thing for me that really stood out with Zane is just his quick hands. I think he uses them pretty well, in my opinion. You know, he, he hand fights really well. He does a good job at that. And you already mentioned how – um, he doesn't allow himself to get chop block. I would agree. I think he has a he has very good awareness and reaction time, and so that kind of allows him to stop the chop block. And so he gets his hands down, boom, he continues to make a play, or he's not taken out of the play at the very least. And so those are all pluses, just the little things there. And then I would say he's very good against the run. Um, against the run he's he's a solid guy he won't lose a ton of ground and whatnot he'll hold his ground and do what he got to do to um to close up those gaps you know close up those running lanes and i think he does a good job of if he's not making the tackle then at least uh, filling that running lane and so that's a very important to keep in mind and then uh last but not least i think he has very solid tackling form there are a lot of guys on this list in my opinion who tackle pretty high uh, but, but with the Zane, you know, he, hey, it's, it's hip level, you know, he does a good job of that. He's very disciplined with that. Not a lot of shoes, uh, shoestring tackles in my opinion. So, so there you go. So a lot of pluses for Zane hood here. Uh, Cody, do you mind if I go on with areas of improvement and negatives here? Yeah, go ahead. Cool. So let, let's talk pass rushing, right? I don't think he has a whole ton of pass rushing moves. And even then, I don't think he's very good right now as a pass rusher i think he struggles a little bit when people when blockers you know get into pass blocking and he, he struggles pushing how should i say this um you know pushing the issue i would say right uh not that he's not aggressive enough i just think he struggles with pushing the issue and like really like setting the tone of that game by being a pass rusher and it kind of shows in his stats uh if you look here they're not like super specific, but if you look at his stats from junior to senior year, he only had four sacks in each season. That's kind of low. I mean, sophomore year, he played a little bit. He had one sack uh, in seven games played, which is, eh, I don't know. 
to me that production it's definitely a bit alarming especially considering he's like a bigger dude in general so in my opinion if you are a bigger guy you have to dominate you know you got to find a way to dominate and especially like obviously run that's a given but especially in the passing game you got to dominate you know football at that next level at the college level and then even at the definitely at the nfl level is definitely more pass centric you know we'll talk about this in a little bit but i got the opportunity to watch a number of state championship games that are happening over this weekend and that are happening right now even as we record and they're very there's a ton of run plays right you won't see maybe okay sometimes you will but you won't see as many uh run plays being called on that next level and so when you're in passing like you gotta i mean you know you gotta you gotta do everything you can to stay on the field and so if he can't pass rush that's kind of a big problem that could be improved on i think he has the quick hands for it and he has the strength for it um but he just he has to put it together i'd like to see a lot more refinement there in some of his pass rush moves and then develop a go-to pass rush move whether that's a bull rush uh, spin swim whatever you know i'd like to see that figured out as well and then i would say that um maybe his okay so his awareness is solid i think but it might not be as good as some of the other guys on this list the way he plays it kind of seems like he might get tricked up by play action and whatnot which i guess isn't the worst thing if he's gonna be an interior lineman or just a defensive lineman in general but you know it matters for something and so there are definitely times it looks like you know he's susceptible to getting tricked you know it's just one of those things where you watch a play and then you see kind of a wrinkle in there like a wrinkle that could progress into a whole nother play like say so same show right same formation same stuff so same show but a different result that's kind of how i like to call that and so i'd like to see him be a little bit more disciplined there and then the biggest thing for me that i think he could uh change right now is that he doesn't win leverage as well as he should and then there are times he gets manhandled a little bad times he doesn't lose ground but he doesn't he definitely doesn't gain ground at all you know and so uh, and that's kind of where that it kind of comes all the way back down to pass rushing right like if <laughs> if he doesn't lose ground if, but he doesn't gain ground that's a problem in passing plays because that just means he just got neutralized so he needs to get better at that like there are definitely times where i see his hands just not i don't know the placement's just wrong and it doesn't shoot up where it should be and it, it could be improved for sure and there are just times sometimes he just loses le le leverage you know like he has quick hands and you slap them away but i i don't know what it is just sometimes he just doesn't get his hands where they should be on that inside where you really want them so you could control the blocker and so both in run and pass that's a problem obviously especially in pass for me that's a really big problem it kind of shows that he might be a little bit of a liability there and i think that could be improved on you know work on your pass rushing moves and whatnot and i think that'll help you you know figure out leverage but i like to see him win leverage of uh, a bit better because he will be going against stronger players on that next level and so that's something that i would like to see uh done so yeah but cody what about you what are some areas and of improvement uh for uh, zane here well i think that some of them definitely go in ha hand in hand with what you were saying you know as far as hand hand usage uh, I just think that he lets linemen in way too close, and I don't think that's going to work at the next level because, I mean, as of right now, Zane is one of the strongest, you know, 
D lineman in Colorado, but transitioning that to the college level, if a lineman gets in that close to you, you're you're toast, you know. So like, cause cause he'll end up like shoulder pad to shoulder pad a lot of the time, and you know for for the time being he can just push them away. But if a college lineman gets a hold of you like that, you you're theirs, you know. You're gonna get pancaked probably, or like you're you're definitely not gonna make the play if they get in that tight and they can get their hands, you know, up underneath those shoulder pads where no one can see, right? So like, you know, that's definitely something to watch for. And I think that, you know, hopefully some, uh, he, he's committed. Er, sorry, I got mixed up. Um, You're good. <laughs> I, I, I don't know where he's going or if he even has an offer yet, but that's something that will have to be cleaned up by college coaches for sure is to keep more distance between him and alignment. Um, so just, you know, having his hands extended off the snap rather than like eventually during the play. I also think that, you know, he, I did talk about some of his double teams, but he also does make a lot of plays against tackles that I think are just like a lot smaller than him. So I also think I I'd be interested to see how he reacts to, you know, picking on someone his own size. Um, no, and that's not necessarily like anything that he can help. But it is something that, you know, it does put a question mark onto, you know, his scouting profile, I'd say. Um, also, just a quick note. Uh, I'm looking at it now, and I don't think Zane Hood has an offer. 24-7 um, well, didn't have anything. Okay. Yeah, so I don't see any offers here just yet. Uh, Solly did get to go to an All-American game, which is good for him. That's right before this season started. But yeah, no offers really, and he hasn't committed anywhere just yet. So he's, uh, well, probably by the time this recording drops, he's still on the market. So there you go. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, as far as, you mind if I transition into Outlook? Go for it. Yeah, I think that, you know, if you are, uh, if you are at FCS college and you're looking for somebody who I think has a ton of upside... <clears throat> I don't think Zane Hood would be a, a bad fit. Um, and I think that if you're a D2 school, you might have a first-year starter. I, I don't say that too often, but I think Zane Hood could match up very well. I think that he has enough to survive, and I think that if you move him into the interior, he could be great on running downs as, as a freshman at the Division II level. Um, and I think that if you're if you're an FCS program that it wouldn't be a bad idea to look at Zane Hood, you know, I think that he could definitely be a rotational guy as a uh, redshirt freshman or a sophomore, maybe even a junior working up into a starting role. Um, if, if he can address some of those things that, you know, Simon and myself talked about, then I think that he can only improve his value. But I think that he's an excellent run stopper who I would love to put, you know, in my A or B gap uh as, as a college coach and i like i said i think as a division two coach you might have somebody who can rotate in right off the get-go so simon what do you think yeah uh honestly agreed i think so first off 62260 uh look just because you know colorado obviously is not the only state in america so obviously you could find guys who are bigger around the country as well and so that's that's kind of the problem here the thing that really separates zane hood from some of those guys though are his quick hands good reaction time and he did make 
in my opinion, he he progressed a bit from his junior to his senior year, so that was really good to see. Um, so there's that. And so 260, it's it's a little light, you know. But I agree, if he was to go to a D2, we could probably start right away because it's a D2. But I do think he's definitely an FCS guy. Um, he's going to take some development, though. Don't get it twisted. I think he for sure needs a red shirt and whatnot. And so he could be a really good FCS guy. He could be a good contributor, eventually be kind of a long-time starter. I think if he does take that red shirt, works on some things, maybe not even all the things we talked about, but works on some things and then gains, and, uh, sorry, and then gains some weight, I'm kind of wanting him – in my opinion, I think he's more of a nose tackle, defensive tackle type than an edge defensive end. Um, if he is a defensive end, it's probably a 3-4 DN type of guy, if that. But I think um, I'd like to see him gain some weight, so get to 275, 280. And then I can live with that. 6'2", 280, that's great for a D tackle. I, I think he moves pretty well. And he moves well enough. I know I know, I didn't mention this, but in my opinion, his sideline to sideline speed isn't exactly great. <laughs> like, there are definitely plays where you watch them, and the plays just taking a really long time to, like, develop. And then you see Zane rumbling down from the other sideline, and it's taking, like, six or seven seconds. And it's like, dang, dude, like, <laughs> like come on, man. And so that's not, that's not a hating or anything like that that's just an observation and obviously there are some things he could do to improve that sideline to sideline speed but to me that's not a big deal if he could get off blocks quickly and i think he can i think that's just like further evidence to move him inside exactly <laughs> yeah which is exactly. which is fine and good because i think he'd succeed there i didn't even think about putting him at three four at the end though that'd be pretty nice as well it would it would um so so there you go. And so I think if you give him that a year at least, he could probably start even as a redshirt freshman and be maybe a two or three year starter at a lot of FCS schools. And so that's a good thing. And so I definitely think he's very deserving of a full ride here. And I'm confident enough to say that too. Um, even D2. Like I think if you were to give out a full ride, because I know their full rides are definitely limited. I think Zane Hood is a full ride type of guy. Well, do you think so too, Cody? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think at the D2 level, definitely a full-ride kind of guy. And, you know, I'd say that there's even enough for FCSs to offer him a full-ride. Um, so, Yeah, the tools are there, in my opinion. They're, he's, a, he's a lot more refined than a lot of uh, <laughs> defensive players, defensive linemen. There are some defensive linemen who have, like, slow hands, not as many great block-shedding moves and stuff like that. And they and they gotta learn some things, but I think he's he's not that far off from being uh, more refined than some of these other guys. Um, and this says a lot about the other guys on this list. You know, I think in other states he may be a little bit higher depending on the state, but I think five right here is a good spot for him. Yeah, so, this this class of defensive linemen, first off, is really good. Yeah, um, I, I was saying that this might be the strongest position group that we've done yet. And they're also way, way more, I guess, further along fundamentally than I originally thought. Agreed. I, I watched it, so. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. So there's there's something here for sure. And I think there's only two guys on this list that have even stars on them um, that are rated with stars. So there you go. Here's some sleepers for you. But uh, Cody, if you have nothing else to add, 
Do you want me to move on to our number four guy here? I mean, you could, but too bad I'm going to do it anyway. So number okay, four go ahead. here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number go four it. on our list, I was just going to say, speaking of other recruits, we're on to number four on the top five defensive linemen. And that's Spencer Hardy out of Dakota Ridge High School, standing at six foot flat and uh, 220 pounds. Spencer is primarily a nose tackle, I'd say, from the majority of the film that I watched, um, and occasionally shading from one side to the other. And we'll just continue here with starting off with strengths, and I'm going to keep running with it. I'm going to keep running with the torch and make Simon sit and wait. Uh, Fine, do it. Spencer has a lot of available moves um i was kind of blown away by you know he has a good jab step move you know he has a serviceable spin move i believe i think he has a viable bull rush move and i think that he has a good rip and dip so seeing all that from a nose tackle i i wasn't expecting it for sure when i started watching it but spencer is really you know, I don't think that there's so much a go-to move for him, like maybe his jab step move and then go to the other side. But he's capable of a lot of different moves. And so as an offensive lineman, like getting ready for that, you can't try and predict what he's going to do. And, you know, that makes it tough. So that's why Spencer Hardy, I think, is a phenomenal nose tackle and defensive lineman in general. Also, Spencer Hardy, he's a... I want to say like like a fullback on the other side of the ball, fullback, tailback kind of thing. Yeah, he he's is. a ball carrier is what I'm trying to say. And so he's pretty fast. Um, Like there's a couple of plays, you know, just looking at his running back film as far as just like straight up speed where he makes the edge on like sweep plays. And I was just, I don't know. Spencer Hardy was definitely a sleeper. Simon, you and I talked about this just because – I was I didn't really know what to expect uh, heading into Spencer Hardy film. You know, I was like six foot. Okay, you know, he's definitely the shortest guy on this list, um, and and one of the lighter ones as well. So I didn't really know what to what to look for. But you know, he's he's very he's a very capable defensive lineman. He's super quick, you know, and his his speed translates to pursuit on the defensive side of the ball. I will say, and then I also think that you know. He showed very excellent mobility on stunt plays, I'd say. So, you know, that also increases the amount of places that you can play him. So I think that he's he's kind of like a Swiss Army knife of an interior defensive lineman as far as skills go. But we'll talk a little bit about um, size here in a moment. But I'll let Simon talk about the strengths that he saw from Spencer Hardy out of Dakota Ridge High School. Yeah. Um, so first things first, shout out to Dakota Ridge's high school uh, football coach, Coach Ron Woj. At least that's why I'm going to call him because his last name's kind of crazy here. And I don't want to badly mispronounce it. Um, he gave me a nice follow on my personal Twitter. And he's been showing the Playmakers Corner a lot of support. And so uh, he actually just won head coach of the year, I believe. And so congrats to him. Uh, Spencer got coached by a really good coach, apparently. So also they're the one seed. So I guess not apparently. So there you go. But yeah, there's a lot of positives to Spencer Hardy. I like this kid a lot. I'll be honest. I really do like this kid a lot. I think 
Uh, six foot two twenty. We'll talk about that later. But I think he's someone who can he can move around a little bit. I don't think he's just a defensive tackle. From what I've seen, he could probably play a bit of defensive end. You know, um, and we'll let's get into that actually. So he did play a lot of his snaps at the DT spot. But even while doing that, he got nine sacks as a senior, which is good. And so those nine sacks, pretty sure it led here. I'm pretty sure it actually led his team and whatnot moving forward. And that's kind of how they uh, earned that number one seed. They're a very tough defensive team and whatnot. And they did lose to Loveland. And we'll talk about Loveland here in a minute. But yeah, so nine sacks as a senior. That's really good. To me, that shows production. You know, that was kind of a knock on um, on Zane Hood, right? His production as a pass rusher. But uh, Spencer Hardy doesn't struggle as a pass rusher. He does have a number of moves, like you mentioned, Cody. And they're they're pretty good, you know. They, they look pretty effortless out there as well. And I like what I see. Another thing about Spencer Hardy is that he's very athletic. <laughs> like, uh, you already mentioned this. He has some running back film. And he got that edge a lot. But even watching his defensive film too, like he's a he has, in my opinion, elite sideline to sideline speed. Um, I really like what I saw there. Like he'll track down whoever, you know, and get them down for a min- minimal uh, yardage. And so that was really impressive watching that. Like he just moves very well. He's super quick. He's a smaller defensive lineman, but he has really good strength. Like, he blows a lot of blockers off the ball consistently. And he, I don't know, it's it's kind of crazy. Like, 220, he doesn't play like someone who only weighs 220. He plays like someone who weighs a bit more, at least maybe even 250, in my opinion. But he does that a lot. Like, he he's a, he's a powerful little lineman over there. And then um, another thing about Spencer, he has very quick hands. And so that, in turn, does a good job. Or um, that helps him do a good job at block shedding, you know, stopping the run, uh, pass rushing moves. And then in my opinion, it also helps them get, get good leverage. I see this kid like getting very good leverage almost all the time. I know that was another thing we talked about with Zane, but with Spencer, like that's not as big of a problem. I see this guy getting good leverage consistently, uh, because he has those quick hands and then just getting very low and just driving dudes like off the ball. And he can beat double teams. Like, I've literally seen him get good leverage against two other blockers and then drive them both way back. And it's insane to see. And so he's a he's a powerful kid. Definitely one of the most athletic defensive, um, defensive linemen in the state. And then probably one of the more deep nose... Oh, my God. Probably one of the more athletic nose tackles in the country, in my opinion. Um, at six foot two twenty, and so those are all very impressive to me. Uh, doesn't really allow other players to get their hands on him like that. Uh, like I said, that kind of ties in with the quick hands. Uh, special teamer. He's a, in my opinion, he's low key an elite special teamer. He's a great blocker, so there's some versatility there. And then Cody already mentioned it. You know, he could run with the ball as well, and so that's definitely something to keep in mind, especially for some smaller FCS schools. If it does come down to that, I think he's somebody who could probably play both sides if you really wanted to. And so that's good to know, you know, just as a prospect in general, that's always a good thing to have versatility. So, so yeah. Um, and then last but not least, uh, he, he's very disciplined. You know, he's a very aware 
defensive player. I the play that comes to mind when I say that is that one play where everyone's rushing up and it's obviously a screen. And so Spencer recognizes that pretty well. He hangs back a little bit, finds a running back, and then he wasn't going to pick off the ball because the ball was overthrown a little bit anyways. But he's there to bat it down, make a play on that, and that's a very good job. And I know that I said that was the last part, but not quite because I did look up the game, his last game of the season, of his senior season, and uh, he played a very solid game against Loveland and get against Loveland and gave them trouble despite not having a sack. And uh, like I said, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but this is the same Loveland team that ran all over a Palmer Ridge team, which is a very disciplined defense and whatnot. And so the fact that he was able to, you know, do what he did against Loveland and they only lost by six points. The final score was like 20 to 14. Um, to me, that says a lot, you know, because this defense, it seems, is partially centered around him. There's another player on this team that's very good. I think this defense is definitely partially centered around Spencer Hardy here. And so he does get a lot of double teams and gets a lot of attention, but he beats them and he continues to make plays, whether it's sacks, tackles, tackles for losses, whatever. He's everywhere, you know, so a lot of a lot of good things for Spencer Hardy here. A lot of good things. So, yeah. Cody, so what are want... some things? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so what are some things that you think Spencer Hardy can work on? Yeah, so look, this is this is the biggest thing right here, in my opinion. But he has a smaller frame at six foot two twenty, And in my opinion, that's the thing holding him back from being an FBS, maybe even a power five type of player. Um, it's and I hate to say it, you know, it's just it just sucks. But it's hard to justify him being an FBS or power five player weighing only 220 pounds and maybe even possibly looking a little lighter i don't know but i i, I need him to gain some weight even he could probably even start this this year you know um or this off season and so if he could get to 230 240-ish by the end of his senior year which i think he can then i would feel a lot better about potentially giving him an fbs offer but because of that he's probably not going to get those offers he he wants. And so, you know, I don't know what Dakota Ridge's uh, conditioning program's like, but it's probably not a D1 college conditioning program so or strength and conditioning program. So uh, I think he, he could probably gain weight real fast, in my opinion. And so that may not be the biggest thing, but I think as of right now, that'll turn a lot of coaches off just at first glance you know the film's there i like what i see on film but if we're looking at you know height weight intangible or uh yeah intangible stuff like that or sorry measurements stuff like that the frame's a problem and so with that it also brings up the question like can he hold up at the next level can he be as physical can he be as um dominant you know, I think speed-wise it will transition really well, but strength-wise that might be a problem, and so that's something that I would, uh, I, I would want coaches to, uh, I guess I would want coaches to keep in mind too, you know, and Spencer as well, and so because of that I really want to see Spencer put on weight, put on as much weight as he can, because I think personally I really like him at the nose tackle spot. You know, defensive end, edge isn't bad, but he is only six foot, so he, it's not like he's like the tallest guy either with the biggest uh, frame or length. So with that being said, it's really hard to justify 
potentially putting him um, on that edge as well. And so I'd kind of like to see him work on that inside, um, in the interior and whatnot. So there's that. Another thing, look, he just he tackles really high sometimes, a lot of the time, to be honest. And he needs to get disciplined with his tackling form. Bigger quarterbacks will break his attempts to tackle um um, his attempts to tackle them if he tackles that high. So I'd like to see him, uh, you know, bring it a bit lower, get disciplined when he's tackling and whatnot. And uh, and yeah, I don't think that's that hard either. But that's just that's definitely a bit of a nitpick. So uh, in my opinion, those are the two main things. Sure, you could use a little bit more refinement on his pass rushing moves. Maybe get more complicated pass rushing or block shedding moves. But the more I watch the film, the more it's like, ah, eh, that's not the biggest deal here. So for me. He has to gain weight, a lot of weight at that, as much as he could. And then um, he needs to work on his tackling form because he tackles pretty high. So, so yeah. But, Cody, what about you? What are some areas of improvement for Spencer here? Spencer Hardy, you know, I think some things that stood out to me that was a little concerning is I don't see a lot of hand fighting Um usually because his moves just happen too fast. So I don't see how his engagement with offensive linemen go. Um, and I'm assuming that he doesn't have like a super long reach. So I'm, I'd like to see more film of that or, you know, definitely mark it down as something that he can work on. It's just work on getting your hands up. And then, you know, what do you do if someone gets their hands on your hands, right? Like, so I, I think there's plenty of drills on that that you can do from home pretty easily as far as hand fighting goes. So I'd like to see him improve that a little bit just because that is something that if he decides to play college at the next level, which I think he absolutely should, that's something that's going to happen a lot more. You're not going to just be able to move around as easily as you did in 4A in Colorado football. I also would like to point out that Dakota Ridge in a lot of Spencer's film runs very blitz heavy defense at least compared to some of these other recruits that we talk about and i think that's something to keep in mind you know when he goes untouched it's like well is the guard confused on whether to pick up him or the linebacker is the center confused on whether to pick up him or the linebacker and and you know they run a lot of stunts so i think that you know for a lot of plays that spencer makes you know which he executes well and he's athletically capable of executing them it is a matter of you know sometimes he is a free man on a play so i i think that you know the design of the dakota ridge defense is really good and that definitely helps spencer out quite a bit so uh i'm that that's that's one reason that i'm like uh i mean i don't know but you know he can execute those plays so as a college coach you like to see that but it's like what what does he do if it gets picked up Right. And so that kind of goes hand in hand with what does it look like when he's more engaged? And and I don't doubt that he can do it, but seeing some more one on one looks, I think would would have been huge to his film. And I, and I'm just going to repeat exactly what you said. I think if he gets up to 230 by spring, he definitely has an offer. Um, it I, I think even right now he should have an offer at the division two level, in my opinion. Just, just from what he's able to do from a skill standpoint. Um, Interesting. Okay. What, what, what are your thoughts on outlook for Spencer Hardy? Outlook, 
Okay. So just as a defensive guy, in my opinion, when I look at Spencer Hardy, I see a lot of similarities in how Aaron Donald plays. Uh, Aaron Donald, they, they kind of have the same frame as of right now. Aaron Donald was probably around this uh, same like weight and height coming out of high school. And so that's why he wasn't heavily recruited. But, you know, he he did have really good film and whatnot. And so I, I'm not going to project that just yet for Spence Hardy because he still has to make a weight. But, man, I really like the upside, though. I think, in my opinion, for sure he should get a D2 offer. And if it's a D2 offer, it should be a full ride because I think he's most definitely a day one starter. And he could definitely maybe even get double-digit sacks as a freshman potentially. But with that being said, I think maximum wise, I think he's probably closer to an uh, to an FCS type of guy, a dominant FCS type of guy. It's just the weight, you know, and to be honest, he could probably play defensive end and be at six foot two thirty. That's not a bad thing either. I think that could work just as well, especially at the FCS level. And so I'm not super concerned there. Um, and I, I say like he could play defensive end if he was weighing 230 as a freshman, in my opinion, for a couple programs. And so I think that's how good this kid really is. It's just it's the weight, you know. It's it's a little bit of a problem. I, in my opinion, I would love to put him much higher on this list, but I can't because of that weight. And so that's that's the thing with me. And so say he does gain a lot of weight, um, like this year, right? And for some reason, somehow. And this is a kind of a tough ask. I'm not going to lie. It's a real tough ask. But he gets to six foot 250 by the end of his senior year. That's almost 30 pounds. So that's a lot. It's it's out there. But say he does. I think he could definitely be an FBS type of guy. Maybe not quite power five. Um, he might be able to sneak into some power five schools, in my opinion. In my opinion, if I was a power five guy and he was six foot 250, I would, I would take that as just enough to offer him a full ride just barely or maybe even a partial or a preferred but um other than that maybe he's like a CUSA uh Mountain West type of guy so there's that I just I don't know I just really like the potential here he's very refined I love his pass rushing moves um and he could he holds up really well against like you know double blocks and so I really would like to see him as an fcs guy i think he definitely has some talent for that it just depends on his frame you know and it's unfair but that's just kind of how these things go you know so i think he's an fcs guy for sure talent wise the bigger question is just his frame so i'll I'll leave it right there fcs guy for sure so i'd have to agree that skill wise he's definitely an fcs guy and that's why i was saying skill alone he can go d2 but you know, I think that there's always one, you know, one player on each list where you bring up the word Juco. And I think that Spencer Hardy is probably the Juco guy here where he takes I that agree. year and he gets up to 250 pounds, 260 pounds, and then he goes FCS. I think that that is super possible for for Spencer and um, maybe yeah. maybe the best course of action. So maybe even take two years too. And get up to 260, 270, you know? Yeah. And then that could be, there should be some FBS offers. I know, I mean, look, I'm just going to throw this out there, but Independence Community College, I know it's in Kansas, but they produce some good defensive linemen out there, and it's not super far, and 
you know, there's some history there. So I think that would be a perfect spot for him to go if there were any JUCOs. Also, they could offer scholarships over at Indy. So there you go as well. Um, I don't, yeah. So just throwing that out there, I think JUCO would be a great uh, route for him. And then even if he was to do two years, he'd probably still, like, at a JUCO, because it's a JUCO, he'd still have like three years of eligibility left, just about. So. Yeah. And, you know, if he goes the JUCO route, then maybe we can see him garner some more interest circa ronald ollie style if you haven't check out playmakers corner episode four the ronald ollie story uh obviously spencer's story is uh gonna be different in some other ways from the ronald ollie story but as far as you know i'd say overall a success story of a an interior kind of shorter defensive lineman going to a juco and then coming back out and going division one Ronald Ali is a uh, solid example of that. So, For sure. So there's a lot of upside here. I think he has a ton of upside. So that's, that's what we like to see um, moving forward. So, so yeah. But, Cody, do you want to introduce our number three person on this list? Yeah, sure. I'll introduce uh, Braden Wood out of Fairview High School in Boulder, Colorado. Um, six foot three, 257 pounds. So, you know, that's a, that's a solid size for sure. And, 267. Uh, oh, 267. Yeah. That's at least that's what I have. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> sheesh. Yeah. Braden's Braden's uh, the big, I think he's the biggest, uh, weight wise lineman on this list. I'm like almost positive. Yeah, he is. And, and Braden, Braden is a dang good player. And I think I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to start off with some areas of improvement for Brayden and then talk about, you know, his strengths. So I think Brayden, the biggest thing working against him is his stance is wildly inconsistent. And I think that leads to different get offs that make him vulnerable to like as far as pad level goes. I think that it all starts there. He doesn't look comfortable in his stance. So I think that's like the first red flag to me is he doesn't look super comfortable in his stance. Um, and if he does, then, well, he's got to get comfortable in some other way because it's just not conducive to low get offs, which, you know, it leverages everything in the trenches. So and another thing about Braden, while it's also a strength that Braden has, you know, a really fast get off and a really high motor. I do think that his head is down, and this also ties into his stance, but I don't see how he can look at the ball. And, you know, he flinches sometimes, even on his highlight reel. So I think that hard counts are the best way to beat Braden Wood. In my, like, if I was playing against him, you know, against playing Fairview, then I would make sure to have hard counts in my game plan, just because I definitely think he would jump on him. But with that being said... And then, you know, following his stance, you know, his pad level can be a bit of an issue. I mean, when it's good, it's really good. But, you know, his stance makes it harder for him to have a more consistent pad level. So, you know, those are some concerns, but I don't think that it's it. It's not anything that you can't fix. Simon, what what are some areas of improvement you think of for Braden Wood? <clears throat> Yeah, so the leverage thing is a big deal because, in my opinion, I really – I don't know. I just don't see him, like, blowing a lot of blockers 
uh, off the ball right regularly at that, and he's the biggest guy on this list. Um, it's you know, I mean, there's some good. Look, I'm not gonna lie, there's some really like good uh, offensive linemen in this state as well. Maybe, well, okay, I don't want to say really good, but there's some like bigger offensive linemen in this state for sure. So. I get it. He's going against like some bigger dudes that might weigh more than him and whatnot. But he, I don't know, just strength-wise, I'm just, I don't know. Personally, I'm not super impressed. Uh, it, it's probably his leverage, to be honest, like you said. But I would like to see him uh, become a little bit more explosive coming off that ball. I just from what I've seen, I don't think he has the most powerful hands either, and whatnot. And so, you know, that's that's a whole thing. And then I didn't really see him go up against a lot of double teams. But the double teams that he did go against, uh, I just, I wasn't impressed. Like, in my opinion, he just didn't fight off those double teams as, as good as Spencer Hardy, in my opinion. And so I think he could definitely work on that because he is a bigger dude as well. And that kind of starts with just working on that explosiveness, first step, getting that leverage right and whatnot and just hitting the weight room i think he definitely has a lot more room to grow even at 6'3 267 and so i'd like to see him get over 300 pounds eventually you know not obviously not this year but eventually and i think he can so that's my thing with him uh hit the weight room get bigger get stronger because i think he he can get to that part uh get to that point and so and so there you go um and then let me see. Actually, that's pretty much it. You know, for me, that's really it. Like weight room wise, I, I'd like to see him get bigger and stronger as well. I just don't think he holds up as well against double teams. And he kind of, I don't know, he should be able to like knock these dudes off and whatnot and fight off double teams, but he just doesn't. And so I think personally, he just needs to hit the weight room a little bit more, get stronger in that area, get bigger in that area as well, so that he can hold up against those double teams, against those bigger players on the next level. So, so yeah, not a lot of negatives here for Brandon Wood. I'm not going to lie. So, uh, how about we get into the positives though? You mind if I start real quick? Go ahead. Cool. So, uh, I don't think you mentioned this, but he is a three-star, uh, commit, uh, to Kansas state, you know? And so he's been highly regarded for a bit. He's played at this weight for a while, actually, in my opinion. And so he's shown that, you know, he could obviously use his weight and, and his length pretty well here. His his frame is a D1 frame, in my opinion, an FBS frame, obviously, since he is going to Kansas State. Uh, I would say he has very solid stats on his – I'm not going to go senior year because it's uh, obviously shorter than uh, regular seasons. But his junior year, he had 116 tackles, 18 tackles for losses, 15 quarterback hurries, three pass deflections, and three sacks. Uh, for Lyman, I think he's pretty athletic. Like, he has really good agility and footwork. I like what he saw. He's very quick in those small spaces. Uh, I think um, he doesn't really let other players get his get their hands on him as much as some other guys. Um, not on this list, but just in the state in general. So, he when when he when he has a right, you know, he could keep guys at length and whatnot, and he does a good job. So when he wins leverage, he does a good job at keeping them away and then continuing to move forward. Uh, he reads plays very well between run and pass plays. I think he has really good instincts here. 
Uh, and you really can teach those, so that's good. He has good natural defensive instincts, and so I like what I saw uh, in, in addition to being very disciplined as a player as well. And then I made this note. He has a really good swim move. Uh, when he gets a guy, you know, he gets him. And so he has quick hands. He has he has a really good go-to swim move that I like to watch and whatnot. And so that was that was good to see. And then uh, in his senior year, got to see a couple uh, uh, reels and games. But he definitely got noticeably bigger and stronger and is doing a good job disrupting blockers. And so from his junior to senior year, he definitely did a much better job going up against double teams. And then uh, 101's doing a very good job there as well. And so that's what I like to see. And that's kind of why I feel like, you know, even if he had to gain weight and get stronger, that's not the biggest deal. And he could do it. Uh, and there's room there for him to, to grow. So, yeah. But what about you, Cody? What are some positives for uh, Braden Wood here? So Braden Wood and uh, Simon knows I actually had him rated a little bit higher than three in my original list, but I think that his legs are super, super sound and really strong. Like when he gets his hands on a guy and he does get the right pad level, his legs are, are like pistons. Like he just drives them back and it's relentless. Uh, so he's kind of like, um, he's really downhill in, in like a strength sense where, you know, once, once he gets started, once he gets rolling, he's virtually impossible to stop. And, you know, that's scary, especially if you can put him at like an end position and push a tackle into a guard into the backfield. Like he's capable of doing that uh, based on lower, lower body strength alone. Uh, another thing about Braden Wood that I think he might even have more pass deflections than anybody else on this list. Um, he has a great awareness for the ball. I'm not really sure where it comes from, but man, he just has so many breakups and stops the play at the line of scrimmage, you know, in, in the pass game. And that's that's huge. And we're seeing it more and more, I think, in in, in the modern game of football where defensive linemen are stopping the plays at the line of scrimmage and even opening up more opportunities for linebackers and other linemen to make plays in the pass game as far as interceptions go. So obviously, if I'm a college guy, I'm like, yes, I, I want a guy who gets his hands up and, and who can bat the ball down pretty regularly. Like, I feel like he almost has a pass deflection every single game, which is more than you can say for some defensive backs in this state. So that's... That's really good to see. And I think that his motor is just super high. Like, right. He's every single play you're going to get the most from Braden Wood. And, you know, that's that's more than you can say about some guys on this list that, you know, we will mention in the next segment. But um, okay. you know, he, he's, he's super fun to watch. And, yeah, I just uh, I was really impressed by Braden Wood. And I think that he definitely deserves his uh, his offer and commitment to Kansas State. I think that that's that'll be a good fit for him. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of upside to him, you know. I think the frame and all all the stuff that he has here, uh, like his instincts, his great instincts. I think those are partly why. Plus, just being able to read the play, those are partly why he's able to deflect a lot of passes. Um, I mean, you know, that obviously translated into an FBS offer. And so um, Kansas State is not a bad spot. I know they're pretty good at making defensive players, too, actually. So good fit for Braden. But 
Um, do we really want? Do we want to talk outlook? He's already committed, but we could if you want. I mean, I guess the outlook for him at this point is, do you, you know, what, what do you think his path will look like in Kansas State, and do you think he could potentially go to the NFL? Okay. Um. So I I need to see him take that red shirt for. Sure. 267 yeah you know it's pretty big we could round up to 270 even that's pretty big and whatnot um but he is 63 so i think to make the nfl he has that he has to be at least 300 that's just how nfl linemen are nowadays you know you see plenty of defensive tackles um that are you know over six foot and then mo- almost pretty much all of them are over 300 pounds aaron donald is probably the one exception um He's probably not 300 pounds. He's probably a little bit less than 300, but he's still pretty close. So I I, I would like to see him gain that weight. And then I think, I don't know. I'd have to see how he plays as, at Kansas State first because he is in the Big 12. And so, you know, a ton of offense goes on there. And so he needs to have some big games against some of the bigger, uh, more talented teams in this conference. But I think he could maybe make it into the NFL. It's just hard to say with like linemen, I would say, just because um, they're, you know, most of them are recruited based on size and potential moving forward. And and then, you know, whatever other else is thrown in there as well as a 18 year old coming out of high school. But um, it just depends on how they develop, because I wouldn't say he's the most natural talent at 6'3", 267 or 270. So yeah, I need to see him get to 300 pounds, but if he can, and then he has some good games, I think for sure he's an NFL guy. It's just hard to project that, you know, moving forward. But I, th- I think he could make it to the NFL. It would probably be a later round guy. As of right now, from what I'm seeing right now, he would probably be a later round guy, like maybe a sixth or seventh rounder. Um, might be able to sneak into the fifth, but I think sixth or seventh is fine. Just because Kansas State, yeah, they produce some good, some solid defensive players, but recently at least not really like anybody that's like you know of, of note right like it's you got you got a ton of role players who go sixth or seventh round anyways so that's kind of what i see for Braden wood as of right now what about you cody yeah i'll have to echo the uh nfl sentiment i definitely think that if he does get drafted it'll be a rotational guy um but you know i think that he's capable of making plays but i do think that you know he could gain some more weight and honestly I think that he'll get a little bit taller too, which won't hurt him, especially as far as like the pass deflecting business goes. So, you know, I think mature year, he might end up six foot five, 290 pounds as a sophomore. And that's pretty hard to look away from, you know, as, as an NFL scout or exec, you know, so if he's able to string together some good games, you know, especially, I think that he should stay in school for all four years of eligibility you know, play senior year, and that'll only help him and his chances of making the NFL. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I definitely agree with that. So who knows? We'll see. Usually defensive linemen stay almost um, all all the years they can in college anyways. So there you go. The only exception really are like Alabama type of <laughs> defensive linemen. So there's that. So that's not a bad thing to stay all three years. Also get your degree too while you're at it so true very true all right so that wraps up our um five four 
and three spot here on our top playmakers in the state of Colorado defensive line edition. And so coming up next, we're going to talk about our top defensive linemen in the state, our top playmakers at this position. Coming up next. Welcome back to Playmakers Corner Podcast. It's Cody Stoffer here, and you know, this list is a little bit different in the Colorado Playmakers Football Edition as far as our lineman, defensive lineman list goes. Instead of one defensive lineman being able to hold the crown on top of his head himself, we have co-number one defensive lineman being the Cherry Creek defensive lineman in Malik Maje Kudenme. And apologies, Malik, if I am mispronouncing your name. And? And Arden Walker. But while you think about how they're co-number ones, we're going to talk about honorable mentions of the defensive lineman in Colorado. Simon, which honorable mention do you want to start off with first? Uh, let, let me start off with uh, Lucas Moran here. Because uh, real quick, shout out to Lucas Gave us a follow on Playmakers Corner. Gave me a follow as well. So appreciate the love, brother. Uh, so I gotta give, I gotta show him some uh, some love here, cause I uh, he, it's funny how I came across uh, this player because first things first, he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't stuff the stat sheet even even a little bit, I would say. And so, you know, with that being said, I basically found his film off of Twitter because he followed me and whatnot. And so he has his huddle. Uh, linked in his Twitter account, which for all you young athletes, that's a smart thing to do. First, having a Twitter and then linking your huddle and your film to your Twitter, because that's how a lot of coaches look for, uh, you know, look for recruits. And so I, I got the opportunity to watch some of his film. And going to be honest, I was extremely impressed by Lucas here. Um, look, he doesn't stuff the staff, the staff sheet. He doesn't stuff the stat sheet, right? But he he's very impressive i'll be honest he's very impressive so first things first he's 6'2 235 out of pueblo west high school obviously in pueblo and just going straight just you know really quickly talking about positives and negatives uh positives you know i think he's very athletic you know he's a very athletic raw kind of defensive end that could produce on a college team i think he just needs a little bit more coaching you know some of his pass rushing moves uh well okay i'm i wouldn't even call it that i think he needs to work on pass rushing moves get those refined get really good at that find a go-to pass rushing move because once he does that and you know he gets off the block he's going in the right direction in my opinion he has pretty quick hands and like i said i already mentioned his athleticism there he holds up pretty well strength wise against some of the bigger linemen in the state as well and so uh i i like that about him he has a lot of upside to him he is listed as a dn potentially maybe even you could probably play linebacker outside linebacker as well and that wouldn't be as bad so so there you go talking about areas of improvement though for me, I wouldn't really say this is an area of improvement, but like it was just the lack of production and numbers. Like that's probably the reason why he's uh, flown under the radar, you know. And so I, there's not much you could do about that now. So I would think areas of improvement work on pass rushing skills. So there you go. And then if he could get bigger, because at six two two thirty five, that's not bad. 
but it looks really good. I know five or ten pounds doesn't seem like that big of a difference, but it is. But it looks really good on paper if you know you have in your bio that you're six two two forty five or six two two fifty, and you're and you know and then when you show up you're a true six two two fifty pound um, defensive player, right? And so with all that being said, um, I think he he could he probably deserves a college offer somewhere, probably D two. Um, if it's an FCS, it's probably a partial or preferred walk-on, but I think he could definitely finesse a scholarship here. He's a very solid player, has a very high motor on him. Cody, did you have anything you wanted to add on Lucas? Yeah, I just want to say Lucas moves very well laterally, I think amongst the best and, you know, most of the linemen, and he's super athletic. So I think that there's a lot of upside. Lucas is, I'd say more raw fundamentally than some of these other linemen but like you said you know i think some coaching could fix that and i'd be willing to take a chance on him i don't know about full ride but you know uh lucas if you have a chance at you know partial scholarships or anything like that place a bet on yourself that you're going to outperform you know that partial scholarship and and aim for higher because if you do perform you do have a chance to earn a full ride so I, i think lucas I'd confidently, confidently say, go ahead and bet on yourself. Yeah. Even maybe going Juco. I think for Lucas, going Juco would probably make the most sense, to be honest. You know, because he has the size and the skills are there. So, you know, go to Juco. Pad those numbers. Like I said, production was a problem. So pad those numbers. on the field. If you look at his on-the-field film, like, he's more than productive. Like, he's everywhere, right? But... Numbers wise, they do mean something. You got to get something there, right? So go Juco, get something together. I think he could start at a lot of Juco's just being at his size right now. And I don't know. See what happens. So I think uh, I'm, I don't know. I'll, I'll be following this kid for sure. He's a, he's a little bit of a dark horse in, in a sense, just extremely raw, but there's some talent there for sure. But Cody, why don't you mention some of the other honorable mentions on this list? Well, our other honorable mention is Joey Beckner, uh, six foot four, 220. So Joey, you know, very tall defensive lineman. And uh, I also, I'll just go straight into strengths here. I think that Joey is a really great tackler. I think up in the higher tier of tacklers of defensive linemen and that's why you know i think he just misses because he has a kind of slow first step and he's just not particularly fast slash doesn't have a whole bunch of moves honestly like he's not super overwhelming physically i'd say which i think can be fixed because his frame is pretty good but you know i think fundamentally speaking joey plays very tight he has a very solid base and i think that's why he can tackle so well and you know he doesn't give he doesn't flail his arms, so linemen don't have chances to grab him at all, you know. And yeah, I think that, you know, fundamentally, Joey's a very solid football player and he has good size. So I think that there's chances for Joey, you know, once again, potentially in Juco or partial scholarships at the Division II level. Okay. Cool. Simon, so, mean, what are your thoughts on Joey Beckner? Yeah. So for Joey Beckner, production wasn't a problem. He actually led the state in uh in sacks at 15 as a senior and that's with a shortened (laughs) seasoned as well uh my thing with him is that he's just like okay look cody feel free to correct me but i personally i don't know where holyoke holyoke holy oak i don't know high school i don't know where that is 
but it seems just from what i could see it seems like a smaller score is that right if you don't know that's fine too so i don't know i just i just wasn't sure about the competition there and whatnot but you know he has a very good prototypical size 6'4 220 he might even weigh he looks like he weighs a little bit more than 220 to be honest so they are 1a to be fair uh all right well then maybe he is 220 <laughs> but there's some things there that i really like i think he'll probably get a scholarship to a d2 or um i won't say full ride or partial but he'll he'll get something you know and he should probably take it as well he is like i agree with everything you said he's a, definitely a bit slower doesn't have pass rushing skills and so well, I shouldn't say he doesn't have pass rushing skills. He lacks pass rushing moves is what I mean there. And so I'd like to see him work on those pass rushing moves, uh, work on that reaction time if possible, and just that first step and first step and whatnot. But you know, there with the frame he has right now, there's definitely a lot to uh you know to like here. So uh Joey Beckner. Really like the kid. So we'll uh, we'll see how things go moving forward, but Anyways, Cody, do you want to get to our uh, co-number ones here? Yeah, I was about to say that's a, that's a good transition. We talked about our two honorable mentions, so let's talk about our two best defensive linemen in the state who, you know, I'll go ahead and say one weakness for both of these guys is that they play with each other. Um, yeah. So that obviously makes it a bit harder to, <laughs> to look at their numbers, I guess, but but they're both legit. We've watched the film, and Malik and Arden both are are the best defensive linemen in the state. And they're really good at a variety of things, and that's what makes it so difficult to put a best label on them because, I mean, they, they're just both so dominant. Simon, I believe it, it was you that said you don't think there's a single guy in the state that could block either of them. Yeah, I don't think there's a single line, or even at that, we could even say this, I don't think there's a single, like, old line unit that could block either of these guys in the state, in my opinion. So, there you go. So, maybe maybe we could uh, kind of bounce back and forth between the two. Uh, sure. I'm, I'm fine with talking about, you know, maybe start with weaknesses, because I think we'll have so much to say about their strengths, because I am nitpicking a bit you know with with both these guys if that's fair okay so uh, i'll start with malik i think that uh malik's finesse moves could use a little work i guess um they're still really good and amongst the best in the state um yeah she's <laughs> okay it, it really is nitpicking here um what what were some weaknesses you saw or areas of improvement for malik Oh, we're, oh, okay. Wait, my bad. I thought we meant, we meant bouncing back and forth between Malik and Arden. Oh. Okay. Well, that's fine. Um, yeah, so areas of improvement. So Malik, uh, I'm just going to throw out his weight here or his frame right here. He's 6'2", 225. That's not bad. That's actually pretty solid. I believe he could, he's probably closer to 230 in my opinion. But with that being said, I, look, I'd like him to you know, gain some weight, right? Like I said, it never hurts to gain some weight just, just for show and whatnot. And then playing weight could look a little bit different, but I like to see him gain some weight in order to hang with those, uh, true FBS or power five linemen, because I do think he has the talent 
to play in in FBS or Power Five. I just think weight wise, it could use some some more Claire, just a little bit. Not nothing even too crazy. He's pretty much pretty close to being there. So there you go. Um, with pass rushing skills, it, it's pretty solid. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty solid. But there could definitely be a little bit more of a variety there of moves. You know, I, he definitely. Uh, how should I say this? He definitely uses a couple moves, like two of those moves more than others. I would say the rip, he uses that a bit. And then I I didn't really see the swim move a lot, um, but that one was used at times as well, you know, at least when I saw it, if anything. So, yeah, I would like to see uh, maybe, and I think he can do it, but get a larger arsenal of pass rushing moves that he could use. Uh, at ease so that's what i like to see and then the other thing with with malik specifically is that he played with cherry creek he played with cherry creek obviously and they have another guy on this team who's a force or sorry who's a three-star guy on the other side of the ball so look <laughs> i i've said this already but i'd rather block arden walker like double team him than malik and so there are definitely a couple times here where Malik is going one-on-one with whoever the tackle or guard or whatever is. So there's that as well. And so the offense can't like fully commit to block him or key in on him, which is also, you know, a little bit of a thing with Arden Walker as well. But yeah, so that's, that's all I got to say there about Malik really here. Um, so yeah, but Cody, what, what's up? I was just going to say, I think that's a great transition into Arden Walker, you know, and it. I, I think the the shared weakness between these two, unfortunately, is that they do play together because yeah. they are both, they're both really good. Um, I think that anybody on this list, uh, from numbers three through five would also, you know, end up higher on this list if they played with one of these two players. So, you know, that's, that's something to keep in mind, but also, I think skill-wise, they are up here. For Arden Walker, I really wanted to talk about this. The only thing that really drives me nuts about Arden Walker that I think he can improve on is he doesn't give maximum effort on every play. Um, that really bothers me as a you know as you know a former player and as a coach. Now, it's just like if you aren't here to play 100%, 120% on every single snap, then, like, what are you doing? I think part of that just comes from, you know, he already has some really good offers. Uh, Arden Walker has offers to, I think he's battling out between Texas and CU, right, Simon? Uh, Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he has offers from a lot of different spots, but, yeah, right now it's projected to be in between CU and Texas. Yeah, according to 24-7, so... You know, when, and he was All-State, first-team All-State last year. I'm assuming he'll probably end up being first-team All-State this year. So th there's something about where he's so good, right, that maybe he doesn't feel the need to try on every snap, and that's just not going to fly at the next level, especially, you know, in the Pac-12 or, or over at Texas. I don't know how he'd get playing time if he's not going to play every time. I don't think that coaching staff will put up with it, but... no. You know, that is something that really bothered me and I really wanted to address. It's just like, man, if he tries hard on every single play, then then maybe we don't have co-number ones. I'm not really sure because I don't know what every single down full motor Arden Walker looks like. 
Oof. And then, and then I also think that he could definitely use some work on tackling. He ends up shoelace tackling a lot or just barely missing a tackle or sometimes whiffing too. Um, so I think that he need, he could be a bit more disciplined in that sense. Simon, uh, what are your thoughts on areas of improvement for Arden Walker? Yeah, so um, sure. I, I think effort is definitely something up there. I think with the shoelace tackles, it's probably because um, he knows he could just shoelace tackle. And so that's that's something I would probably have to call out, you know. I, and it's on his highlight reel too. So <laughs> I don't know how good that looks, but. If and I was, I have seen a couple full games. Um, well, really just one or two, but in those, there were definitely times where he let off the gas a bit, and I don't like that, you know. Being the way he is, 6'4, 245, 250, whatever, you know, you gotta, I don't know, like there's a lot of potential there, and it kind of, I know it's not a lack of aggression, but it comes off as a lack of aggression, and so that's all I gotta say about that. There, another thing is. Uh, and he's Im- improved on this from his junior to senior year, but he definitely gets caught up in double teams that are unnecessary at times. And so uh, he lacks a little bit of spatial awareness there as desired from an elite pass rusher. And so there are pass rushers, elite pass rushers who won't, you know, get caught up into those double teams if they don't need to. And they'll make a one-on-one play, a one-on-one play. But there are times Arden sometimes drift inside or he drifts outside and, you know, he maybe doesn't get the correct enough angle and avoids uh, that extra chip block, whether it's a running back, fullback, tight end. And so, like I said, I'm nitpicking hardcore here, but, you know, spatial awareness, that's obviously a big thing when you're a, um edge rusher. And so uh, I, I'd like to see that improved on as well. And then even outside of Malik, you know, Cherry Creek in general is just a very stacked team. And so there are a lot of great players, in my opinion, that clean up some of his mess. Uh, there are some great players there that clean up some of his mistakes and messes. Uh, not just Malik, but like, you know, they got some corners and safeties uh, and some linebackers there as well. And I think they have a solid nose tackle there. So that's all I got to say on Arden Walker really effort and then spatial awareness, you know, that just comes with being a detailed type of player. So there you go. But uh, how about we start with uh, positives though? Cody, do you want to start off with Malik? Yeah. So, and, and I think, uh, I think we could actually go one-to-one on this. Um, so <laughs> I know that I said that last time, but I mean it this time. So Malik, Oh, oh my goodness. The one thing that I really liked about Malik is he played inside. He played outside. He even stood up sometimes and was more than capable at all of those positions. So seeing his maneuverability was really huge for me. I like the idea of, you know, being able to move a lineman in and out. I think that's that's something that I personally value in a defensive lineman a whole bunch because then it opens up everything else for everyone else, if that makes sense. So his ability to play all those positions, not only mentally, but physically handling it because of his pad level and, you know, having a very solid bull rush that he can utilize from all those positions and also being really quick to get around the edge if he plays outside, kind of like um, it, I'm 
I want to be careful by saying like Von Miller, but he's just the best example I have of that outside pass rush where you just get really low and sprint around the tackle. Malik is capable of doing that as well as just pushing guards and centers into the quarterback's lap. So his, you know, his diversity of play styles and combination of speed and skill makes him super dangerous. No, I definitely agree with all that. Do you want me to go positives? Yeah. Okay, so uh, my thing with Malik, he's extremely athletic. Um, On his huddle, and this is a good thing too, I I really like this. So, you know, young athletes listen to this, but post your measurables uh, on your huddle. And so he posted that he has a 4.640. Might even be faster than that, to be honest. But there you go uh his shuttle time was a 4-4 bench 330 squat 460 so he's a very athletic guy for someone who's 225 in my opinion he's definitely stronger um than his weight (laughs) i i would then most guys at 225 and so he has a lot of power there um i I, did you mention this cody he holds up very well on the interior yeah, I, I talked about how how he can play on the interior. I'd say just as good as he can play on the exterior or anywhere, which is, I, yeah. by saying good, I mean great at all of those positions. Yeah, yeah, and I agree, and so that's a plus. That That's a testament to his strength in general as a player, you know, just being able to hold up very well on the interior and continue to blow, like, double teams and, uh, what is it, blockers off the ball, you know, and so he does a very good job there um just strength wise and so another thing with him sets the edge well he's extremely physical when setting that edge too like he'll throw tackles and like just straight up punch tackles out out of the picture basically um and that's partially because he has very strong and quick hands like his his hands are like are pretty powerful like obviously he's I mean you know he's only 225 but he's definitely hit the weight room and so he probably hit a couple punching bags too because they're definitely a bit a bit lethal out there uh, another thing with him he's very good he has very good awareness you know he's great against the run and pass he really won't be forward easily and he's very disciplined and so uh yeah i really didn't see him work into a lot of double teams like arden walker did at times and so he when he could make it one-on-one he'll make it one-on-one and he almost always wins those one-on-ones because he's just better and then, like I said already, he beats double teams, like you said, I think. And then he's uh, very versatile. He could play on special teams. I saw way more special team, at least, okay, in my opinion, I saw bigger plays on special teams for Malik here than Arden Walker. And so uh, with that being said, versatility is always a big thing. I think he could be on kick return, punt return, and do really well there, um, just being a bigger guy out there. So, so yeah. But you want to talk positives on Arden? Should I start? Yeah, you go ahead and start with Arden. Cool. Yeah. So uh, first things first, I don't think I mentioned this, but he is, well, I, actually, no, I think I did. But just to throw this out there, he is a 6'5", 245-pound defensive end. So he's a big dude. He has that prototypical size for sure. Uh, to be honest, even prototypical pass rushing NFL level size at 6'5", 250. There are a lot of guys in the NFL that has that same frame, and so that's always good. 
Um, with it, and, and with that, you know, he has very long arms, extends them well. He has a very solid bull rush move, and he's very consistent with getting leverage too. He doesn't lose leverage too much, but he gets that leverage, gets, you know, right underneath there, and um, it gives him a great advantage. Other thing with him, he has really good quick hands. Uh, probably some of the quicker hands in the state. You know, he, he hand fights really well, in my opinion. And then along with that, he has... Uh, a very elite get off when when the ball is snapped like this dude's first step is elite in my opinion it's super quick it improved from his junior to senior year and his senior year it was lethal that uh first step and so um that's that's hard to block you know it's hard to block somebody that's already passed you you know and so that's Arden walker there and i think it easily might be one of the best in the country um nonetheless the state you know nonetheless the state so so there you go um let me see there's a lot of upside to him with the size but also he does have a couple pass rushing moves um and multiple at that you know i've seen ribs swims yeah he, he has a spin move if you could set it up right you know so that's very good uh, in my opinion he has a very good closing speed and agility um like malik sets the edge very well and then yeah so and then junior year just throw this out there you know, 59 tackles, eight tackles for losses, four sacks. That's not bad on a very stacked team for Arden Walker here. So, yeah. What about you, Cody? What do you think about Arden Walker? Yeah, well, I was just going to say Arden Walker has some of the strongest hands in the state. You know, you talked about his hand fighting, but he can also just grab a lineman and just push them wherever he needs them to go. So, you know, his... His forearm strength is is incredible and just uh, honestly like division one ready. I'd say even starter ready um, a as it stands right now. I also think that he has super quick feet too and his footwork is you know monumental to his success honestly. So between his quick feet and his strong hands, he, he almost doesn't need moves yet he still has them right. So. You know, I think Arden Walker's greatest strength between, you know, you add that, so it's it's a it's an equation, right? So strong hands plus quick feet and pass moves equals weapon of choice. You know, Arden Walker has a plethora of ways to beat you, and you know, it just like I talked about with with Malik, that makes him so hard to defend. And in addition to that, Arden Walker is a bit bigger. So, you know, he, he gets his hands up and you can see quarterbacks freak out when he puts his hands up because, I mean, this dude is reaching up like seven feet into the sky, you know, and and when he's right in front of you, like that makes the throw so much harder and it opens up opportunities for the secondary. So I think that, you know, if if any uh, if any secondary players from Creek, which I'm pretty sure there are some end up getting offers to colleges, they need to buy Arden and Malik lunch because they make their lives so much easier by giving the quarterback less than two seconds to throw on any given play. And when the quarterback does set up to throw, well, okay, scratch that. The quarterback doesn't get time to set up to throw. Yeah. Is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and, and I do think that Arden also, yeah, I mean, shoot, I, I'm just going to repeat what you're saying a little bit, but That's I mean, fine. man, he's just, he's so, he's capable of doing basically anything that you can ask out of a defensive end. So, and, and he also plays pretty well standing up 
or I personally even like him a little bit more out of his stance. I think he fires off a bit faster out of his stance, but he does have a, a great first step. And I think that, you know, standing up, he can only improve. So, yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he puts his hand in the ground sometimes, but I, I kind of agree there. I like his uh, I like it when he's uh, upright at that outside linebacker position because that works really well as well. But let's talk outlook, though. So do you, do you want to start with Arden or Malik? It's it's up to you. Well, we've already briefly talked about Arden, so we'll just continue to talk about that. So Arden, yeah. you said his two biggest – so he hasn't committed yet, but his biggest battles are between um, – or, or the commitment battle, I should say, is between CU and Texas. Simon, which fit do you like better for Arden? Well, Texas. Well, I, I don't know why I asked that, seeing as that you're a Texas fan. But um, uh, schematically speaking or program-wise, why do you think that's better fit? Well, first things first, I think Colorado right now is a dysfunctional program. Um, don't get it twisted. See you if you're listening to this for any reason. Um, offer me a <laughs> offer me a coaching job here because I'll, I'll get it I'll get it fixed real quick. But yeah, I just think Texas is definitely more, um, you know, it's just more stable. And even look, look, as of right now, you know, Texas they got a big dub today. I think it was over Kansas State. Um, they won by like a ton of points, like over 50. So there's that. But uh, Tom Herman, the head coach, is still probably on the hot seat. So he may or may not get fired, to be honest. We're at the point where like our freshman running back, the guy, which by the way, we did a little, what is it? We did a little film breakdown on back uh, in our cycle 365 days. So check that out. It's Bijan Robinson, the freshman. He even, and this is just, I, I don't know if this is rumors or whatnot. I haven't been able to check up on it, but he's low-key been talking to Urban Meyer, trying to get him to come here. So there's that as well. But even, even if, you know, look, I'm just saying, even if, even if Tom Herman gets fired, you know, I still I would still probably trust the Texas situation way more than the CU situation because it's Texas like it's a blue blood it's like one of the best programs in this country you know um, or at least historically it should be one of the best programs in the country and so I trust the stability there um, either way they're gonna get somebody that could develop Arden Walker very very well over there just like they develop like Oh, sorry. Just like they develop. Oh, I can't talk. Oh my gosh. Develop, develop, develop. Okay. Just like how they develop uh, Joseph Osai, the outside linebacker over there, who has some of, uh, well, actually, he's smaller than Arden Walker, but they have some similar abilities. And so I think if Arden Walker was to go to Texas, it'd be much better. And that's a much clearer path to the NFL. Whereas if he was to go to CU, they're not really known for making. Um, first off, for developing defensive players as of right now. Uh, but if they were known for making defensive players, so if you were to go back a couple years, you know, and think back to the Jadobi Awuziers of the world, the uh, Tedrick Thompsons of the world, all those guys are DBs anyways. They really haven't had a defensive end lineman, linebacker come from there that's, me- that's you know, meaningful and meant something uh, in a minute. So, uh, so, yeah, so I picked Texas for sure. Whether they have uh, Tom Herman, Urban Meyer, or maybe somebody else. 
just because I trust I trust their defensive line coach. Also, I'm just gonna throw out a quick fact. I was coached by one of uh, not the recent one, but I was coached by uh, an old UT defensive line coach back in the day. So there you go. Um, and I know my stuff. <laughs> I at least know my stuff when it comes to that. But yeah, so I think Texas is the way to go. If you go to Texas, you're going to the NFL. And I do think Arden Walker is an NFL guy here. Uh, can't quite say as of now just because it's hard to predict because you could either do really good or just be another like taller, bigger guy, athletic guy that's playing football. So you never know. But as of right now, uh, just with that first step, because I think it is elite. I think he's a potential fourth round guy at least, maybe even third round guy. As of right now, just looking at his film and everything he has. So, yeah. What about you, Cody? What do you think about Arden Walker really here? So just looking at all of his other offers, uh, none of these programs scream um, stability to me between uh, UCLA and Mizzou are his other two offers. Um, but you know, I think that, I think that Arden Walker could be like a true freshman, at least rotational guy, if not a starter in any of these programs, if I'm being a thousand percent honest. And that alone is like a huge statement and testament to how good Arden Walker is. And I'm going to have to echo the sentiment that I think he's an NFL guy, you know? Um, but I think that it's up to Arden, if that makes sense. It, yeah. How much he puts in, because, you know, that that effort thing can be a slippery slope. And, and so that's why I had to bring it up during the things to work on is because it's like, if Arden Walker wants to be in the NFL, he'll go to the NFL. But how much does he want to go to the NFL? So I, I think we'll we'll see that based off of his play in college. Um, and I think that he'll have to, you know, his first game might be like a, a little rough, you know, just because of the the elevated competition and, you know, not being on a super stacked team and such. But I do think that, you know, once he regains, you know, like I think he'll, his confidence will slip a little bit until he makes one play. And I think that if Arden Walker makes one play, one play in college, that's all it takes for you know him to really pick up some steam and become an NFL prospect uh a fourth round guy third round guy if if he's able to get faster though who knows who really knows i think he does have True. a lot of potential upside so yeah i mean i agree also just throw this out there joseph asai who's the starting outside linebacker slash dn for texas he will well he's a senior so he'll be declaring for the draft this year so that's an open spot. And Joseph Asai is somebody who's a first-round, second-round guy. So all I'm saying, look what they did with him. You know, even with – assuming Tom Herman stays there, you could go back and look at what he did with um, with some of the other defensive players that he had, like Ed Oliver out of Houston. You know, he, he literally took Ed Oliver out of, out of like, all of the Power 5 talks and then brought him to Houston – and Ed Oliver still went in the top 10 in the first, or wait, I don't know if he went top 10, but he went first round in the draft that he declared for. So that's all I'm saying. I think Texas is as good a spot as any. Missouri wouldn't be bad, I guess. But yeah, you know, obviously I'm, uh, I'm partial there. So, all right, well, let's, uh, let's talk Malik. So 
Malik has no offers Blasphemy. that we can look at. Oh, sorry, he has one offer from Columbia University, right? In New York? Yeah. And then, like, no stars. He's so much better than that, it's insane. Yeah, it, look, we could both agree he's a power five guy for sure, though, right? Easily. Okay. Easily power five guy. Even at his weight, like right now, I would still offer him a full ride. Like if I was a power five school. There's no doubt about it. So, <laughs> with that being said, let's talk about Malik here. Um, he'll probably get more clout. So, as of now, when we were recording this, uh, Cherry Creek has not played Valor Christian yet. They're probably going to play him in about an hour or so. So, we, we won't be able to talk about that game on this podcast. But, uh, you know, if they do win which I think they will. I don't think Valor Christian could really block either of these guys, to be honest. So when they win, okay. Okay, <laughs> that sounds disrespectful. I'm going to pull that back. Actually, I'm just going to edit that out. Yeah, together. just chop it out. <laughs> if they win, if Cherry Creek wins, Malik and everyone on the team are going to get way more looks because they're two-time champs, right? Every senior on this team is going to get way more looks because they are two-time champs in their last two years of high school, especially during the COVID era. So with that being said, I think Malik will get way more offers, but at this point, it's a matter of, you know, it's it's a matter of deciding what program will be the best. Because in my opinion, he could have his pick, potentially. But Cody, what do you think is the best fit for Malik? Well, I think he only needs a chance. Like, yes. Um, and so anyone who's willing to give him a look, I think that he's going to exceed their expectations. I really think he's going to exceed their expectations. You know, if if Columbia ends up being the winner of the Malik sweepstakes, kudos to them because they're going to get a phenomenal player. And, you know, I think... I think Malik is capable of playing very well at a bigger size. I think that he can still grow height-wise, too, if I'm being completely honest. And you know what? I'm going to say I think Malik is an NFL talent. I mean, it's really rare that you see somebody who's as polished as Malik is at the age that he's at. True. And, you know, he's willing to grind and put in that work, too. I think the only thing holding him back is, you know, that genetic side. Because um, I think if he, he gets, like, another inch and... You know, he gets another 40 pounds, which is it's quite a bit. I'll, yeah. I'll admit that. But I think if he does that, then there's no way that he doesn't go to the NFL. You know what I'm saying? So, like, um, I think that he doesn't need 40 pounds to go to the NFL. But what I'm saying is he gets another 40, then it, there's no doubt. But I think he could play in the NFL at 260 even, which is still quite a bit. But honestly, Malik is a great great football player and i think it's kind of disrespectful that he hasn't gotten more looks if i'm being completely honest yeah for sure uh honestly when i look at malik he he gives me justin houston vibes i like really i see a lot of similarities between him and justin houston i like that a lot so um with that being said it depends the program he goes to, but I do think he could maybe even go higher than Arden Walker. And that's mostly because of effort right now. When I watch Malik play, this dude is like extremely, extremely aggressive off that edge. Or not, even if he's not coming off the edge, he's aggressive either way, you know, and he doesn't let up. Arden Walker, there are definitely times where he lets up. That's a concern because um, he relies on his athleticism a little bit too much instead of pushing the issue, right? 
so there's that but uh yeah he's for sure a power five guy um i <laughs> if he goes to columbia i i have it a i find it hard to believe that he'll make it to the nfl that's just a very hard route but uh, i don't know if i'm texas i would be like hey let's just they both go to one school so let's call it a two for one and then just pick up malik as well you know even if you can't play him at defensive end, you could probably play him anywhere else at linebacker as well. So there you go. You know, I, I feel confident in that. I think that'd be a good fit um, for sure. But just keep them together, you know, and you could be like, hey, Malik, you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, first things first, Texas, they're going to beat out any Colorado school and then probably any school in this area. So you could probably rule out Nebraska. You could probably rule out Kansas, uh, Kansas state, uh, Wyoming for sure. You could rule out Utah. Yeah. I mean, unless it's Boise state, then yeah, you could probably rule out most of them. And then Arizona might be the next best fit here, to be honest. If he goes to Arizona, that'd be either one. Um, you know, I like Arizona state cause they got NFL guys on there. So that's one. But I think Texas, if they really wanted to, they could be like, hey, Malik, you know, we'll pair you up with your buddy Arden Walker here. We'll make y'all roommates even if you'd like. You know, we'll give you a full ride. Uh, just come to Austin and play for us and do the same thing you did at Cherry Creek in Austin. So, or in the Big 12. So, I don't know. That Obviously, I'm, <laughs> I'm very, uh, you know, biased, but... I think that would be a good fit for him. I think, yeah, either that or if he gets any SEC offers or even Big Ten. Like, I know I kind of bashed on Nebraska a little bit, but if he gets any SEC or Big Ten offers, he for sure needs to take it because um, that's an opportunity. So, but don't get it twisted. Accept a full ride offer, though. Don't accept partial because he's not a partial scholarship guy. I think we could both agree on that. He's not a partial Absolutely. scholarship guy. So don't settle. Get your full ride because you are a full ride guy. And in our opinion, you can be a guy on the team probably day one. So there you go. Man, from a storybook perspective, that uh, that whole Texas pairing sounds good if I went to a movie to watch it. But as an OU fan, that makes me want to call the safe to tell hotline to think about. So let's I hopefully that doesn't <laughs> happen because, man, that would I would not enjoy that for three years at least. Um, well, OU, if they offer, I mean, I'd probably, low-key, if OU offered, I'd probably take it over Texas if I'm a leak. Because well, I think from they're a DC. program stability perspective, oh. it's definitely well, more yeah. stable. Yeah, no, for sure. But I, I was just going to say from a DC standpoint, they have Alex Grinch, who, you know, coached up Chase Young, both the Bosa brothers. Like, he came from Ohio State, so I you know come on now yeah <laughs> i i think if oklahoma comes calling that would probably make more sense than texas so they've also produced some uh high draft pick talent on the defensive side of the ball recently i know that the That's quarterbacks true. steal a lot of the uh national spotlight but you could think of uh, neville gallimore who got drafted in the third round i think it was yeah and um and kenneth murray obviously who uh got taken in the first round as well so for sure no there's similar frames there between kenneth murray and uh malik here to be honest so yeah malik might be a little bit bigger too like 
height wise so yeah i don't know i think that'd be a good fit as well either way he deserves a full ride offer to an to a power five school you know i'm i'm pretty sure about that i really don't know how he hasn't gotten any interest like this um not even any d1 interest like i don't what's unc doing like yeah for <laughs> real i'm gonna be CU, honest csu unc they're all walking with blinders on right now so for real I, okay i guess also all those schools have went through head coaching changes in the last year pretty much at the same time but like yeah well on. unc has the least amount of excuses because ed mccaffrey literally lost to these guys so <laughs> well there you go so all right well i think that's all we got to talk about with that that was the 15th episode of playmakers corner podcast thank you so much for listening don't forget to find us on twitter at playmaker corner you can find us on instagram playmakers corner you could also find us on facebook um playmakers corner fully spelled out with the space and everything so um oh, thank good. you so much for listening make sure to find us well oh, we're also on tiktok that's the one i was forgetting about <laughs> playmakers corner simon has been doing a magnificent job editing videos together and you know i just want to give him a little bit of shout out because he's really been on the grind and yeah hopefully uh hopefully some big time sports media outlet doesn't find him and and take him away from playmakers corner but uh this has been a really fun episode make sure if you haven't already to listen to our colorado playmakers quarterback and running backs edition and stay tuned for more position breakdowns of the top five seniors of every position in the state of Colorado. But I've been Cody Stoffer. And I'm your other co-host, Simon Villanos. And catch us next week. Thank you so much for joining. Peace. Peace.